WMCHD3 Detroit, KMPS HD3 Seattle, WBMX HD3 Boston, and on AOL Radio and Yahoo Launchcast. Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now 248 545 Soul. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Is everyone psychic? Do certain events in life stimulate that ability? What does psychic mean, anyway? Well, hello there, and welcome to the 406th edition of Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. I'm Ben, and those questions that were very thought-provoking came from my co-host and partner in the paranormal, my dad. So everyone, or well, almost everyone, seems to be talking a lot about psychic abilities. Uh, but do we know what makes us psychic, or how it really works? Tonight's guest has an opinion on that. Well, before we introduce our guest, we feel that we must comment on the horrifying tragedy that was perpetrated in Connecticut on Friday. And Connecticut is my native state, so I really feel what goes on there. And everyone in the, here in New England does, too. So tomorrow night's Boston Providence show on 1240 AM will be dedicated to the children who were killed and to the subject of evil. Alrighty. So check out uh, our show's website www.behindtheparanormal.com for details on how to tune in if you don't live in the broadcasting area. We'll also suggest ways that you can help the victims and their families. All right, now to our guest, uh, who has been waiting so patiently. Her bio reads, "Even this is a quote, even as a child, M.L. Curry trusted her intu- intuition and was attuned to something beyond the ordinary five senses. <clears throat> She was already in. I'm sorry, having a little audio trouble here. She was already an adult when she began to recognize her extrasensory experiences for what they were, and those experiences led to the study of the phenomena in classes in religion, philosophy, and metaphysics. With this successful professional dancer, uh, she was professional dancer choreographer. Uh, she eventually created a company that manages talented astrologers, tarot readers, and clairvoyants. It wasn't until the loss of her husband, though, that ML's own extrasensory visions expanded when she began to truly communicate beyond the veil, unquote. And her website is www.affairwiththedivine.com. Mary Lynn Curry, welcome to Behind the Paranormal. Thank you very much, Paul. It's ha- I'm very happy to be here and glad that you invited me. Oh, well, you are most welcome, except I am not Paul, but close <laughs> oh, enough. Oh, no! This is Ben! Yep, that's me. We sound exactly the same because we're both talking to the same mic. Yeah, we're trying to a new see. system here, and it doesn't seem to be working all that well. Anyway, so. I see how it is. Okay, here I am, and uh, thank you, Ben. You are most welcome. All right, so first of all, how do you define the term psychic, and how does it work? I define uh, the word psychic as the ability to perceive multi-dimensions. And how it works, uh, that's kind of the reason I wrote the book, because how it works is not the same for everyone. So it's difficult for for me to say, hey, it's going to look like this, or you're going to wake up one morning and you're going to see strange things, uh, familiar or non-familiar, but it's going to look like this. Well, it didn't look like that for me, and I'm speaking of having 
read a lot of new age type books, keys to the kingdom, those kinds of books, and and you only have to love, and those uh, sorts of books that gave me really no clues as to how a, a psychic ability would enter into my life. And um, so the uh, the point of my book is to tell my story and describe how I began to see other dimensions uh, and um, lead people towards the idea that it's going to be individual and different for everyone. Oh, well, you kind of answered my next question, which was, does uh-huh. everyone have it? <laughs> oh, Jesus, well, does everyone? Oh, um, that's an interesting question to me because I work with a lot of people who do have it, and I send them a questionnaire when they contact me for for uh, work, for coming on and working with my company, uh, which is to take... Uh, telephone calls from interested callers, and I send them a questionnaire. And the first two questions are interesting uh, the, the, and tell me pretty much all I need to know about the reason that they're coming to me. And the first one is, um, when did you know you were psychic? And the second, they describe, and I ask them to say uh, what were the circumstances. But the second one is, is everyone psychic? And mostly they're divided 50-50, their answers. And I'm speaking about perhaps uh, 70 people that I interviewed for this work. Um, As to yes or no. Uh, but I think if I could boil it down, their opinion, and I agree, is that, yes, there is a possibility for everyone to get there to work with what is happening to them, either what they see, what they hear, uh, or feel empathically. However, if it's shut down in childhood, if they're told, or I should say, uh, let me just say, if we're told that it's only our imagination, come back down to earth, white is white, black is black, up is up and down is down, uh, and what you're experiencing is is something different than reality, so get real. If that is told to a child, I think it will delay that child from accessing what is the natural gift we all have for extrasensory perception. Oh, wow. That was... Uh, I like that answer myself. Yeah, I agree. Thank you. All right, so what does it take to start up as a psychic, as it were? Um, It takes, again, I say, it takes um, uh, holding on to your own when you're very young and uh, not being completely shut down by 
that kind of talk to you. Um, you know, I think that when pe- parents particularly or people in general, maybe uh, students that these children are spending so much time with, uh, they often say, uh, wow, she's got a vivid imagination. Well, a lot of people might just hear that and say, be ambivalent about it or say, uh, that's not going to help you in life. And I think if, if one can, whenever that kind of doubt uh, and criticism enters uh, the, the mind of someone who wants to say that they're seeing something different, they have a choice. And that is, no, uh, I'm going to believe in myself. Or they, they have a choice to um, bury it as a mistake. They're wrong. So from there on, if they do hold on to their own, they um, would begin study. That's what most of my people say, that um, they began studying or uh, practicing so-called readings with friends to see what the reaction is. So I think it takes dismissing criticism and fear and moving slowly uh, and starting to study. Uh, Studying what? uh, Reading, primarily. Um, I mention in my book the kind of uh, two ways to go with starting out reading about metaphysics and it is metaphysics and it it one finds it becomes philosophy and it does also include learning about religions uh and um, i see as i read a lot about both you and paul that uh, those are the areas that you're very interested in too uh, including religion and how they compare and dig deep enough into the esoteric part of all the religions. So uh, I would say, I would say to someone, well, I'm feeling this and you're corroborating it. What should I read? I would send them to Edgar Casey to begin with, because I think he was so very real uh, and um, followed his bliss as far as wanting to use uh, his abilities to heal. And so I think that's a good starting point. But after that, um, one leads to the other, I think. Uh, and, you know, browse bookstores. I got a lot of my education from books that... Um, at the Bodhi Tree Bookstore, which sadly I don't think is around anymore in Los Angeles. And that's the bookstore that Shirley MacLaine uh, says the books dropped off the shelf to her. But I would just say follow the instincts that you got from the previous book. Okay. Uh, uh, that's that's uh, what sorry, I did. I'm to interrupt, but we're coming up on a break. Uh, Mary, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll continue when we come back. But uh, again, we... Um... We're going to go a little deeper when we come back from our break. But in the meantime, you are listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio. Stay with us. 
Thursday is a power-packed day here on the sky. Join us at noon for the I'm Thankful Network. At 1 p.m., it's the Dr. Pat Show. At 4 p.m., Colette Barron-Reed takes the stage for the Colette Barron-Reed Show. The Colette Barron-Reed Show, where intuition, practical spirituality, great advice, a little woo-woo fun, and fabulosity meet. Colette Barron-Reed is an internationally renowned intuitive counselor, educator, and best-selling author who helps others recognize and connect with their own intuition, potential, and purpose. Powerful motivational speaker, charismatic broadcast personality, and acclaimed performer, storyteller, and recording artist, Colette uses her extraordinary spiritual gifts to empower her clients to live a life that is awake and authentic, and to create a reality that is spiritual, deliberate, and meaningful. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. New Sky Radio. NewSkyRadio.com. New Horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal. With Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOL. New skyradio.com. And welcome back. And we're having a wonderful conversation with uh, Mary Lynn Curry, ML Curry, author of Affair with the Divine. And we're going to give her a chance to talk about the book, certainly on the website a little bit later on. But, uh, Mary Lynn, if you could tell us, uh, continue your thought from before the break, and then I have a, a statement I wanted to get your reaction to. Okay. All right. Well, we'll just move right to that then. Um, it's just something, my own opinion on this. Uh, I've always seen psychic power as two things. Uh, first, an important survival mechanism. Uh, I think if the earliest humans had just kind of blundered along with no premonitions of danger and no sense of being watched, none of us would be here. Uh, second, I see it as a conscious experience, and you, and you kind of mentioned something that sounded like this before, a conscious experience of the parallel worlds we are already living in. Uh, in some of these worlds, we are already experiencing the uh, danger or the encounter or our own future, and our subconscious alerts us to that, uh, again, usually for the sake of self-preservation or self-advancement. Now, what say you? Uh, I, I truly agree with that, uh, and I think that uh, um, the, the multi-what multi, shall I say, multiverses, I'll use your word, the multiverses um, give us the chance to express our karmic duties, and I think that most people with open minds, realize that. I think there are a lot of people who don't. Uh, they either um, believe too much in, um, non -dual, in dualism, believing that it's all controlled by, um, and I don't mean this to be uh, sarcastic, but controlled by a sky god, and there's really nothing for you to do except follow the rules and be humble about it and, and squash what you're um, really seeing. So, uh, yes, I think that if a person is in touch with, uh, let me say, a mission that, um, that uh, he or she has, and is not limited by accepting all the rules, I think that is a special person who will be able to see what the future holds, find, find the line in their life, and um, follow it, and perhaps... Transcend. Yeah. Yeah, I rather like that. Uh, you know, seeing as you brought the deity into it, uh, <laughs> it put me in mind <laughs> of, of some of the ancient, the ancients uh, who the people really don't understand the so-called pagan religions. Pagan, of course, being pretty much of a Christian word. Uh, actually, it means country bumpkin, literally. 
And in the uh, the Roman world, which would include the the Greek tradition, the Roman tradition, and and the in the the Middle East, and pretty much every the Egyptians, there was a sense of the presence of the gods. A very very um, it wasn't we see, we have a, a picture of them from Hollywood that they kind of showed up now and then <laughs> to sacrifice at the temple or or a sacrifice <laughs> to the emperor or something. But you know, there there was a real presence for all classes of society of. Uh, the, of the gods, and, and what the reason I'm bringing it up here is because what we would probably refer to as psychic power was always considered some kind of message or communication or uh, avenue to self-learning provided by the gods. Uh, particularly at night, dreams were taken very, very seriously. People would, would the rich at least, people who could afford it, would erect temples based on them having a dream to do so, things of this kind. And a lot of that got carried over into Christianity. Uh, as there was a lot, there were a lot of pagan influences in early Christianity from that point of view, so um, so I kind of see what you mean there, and uh, the the sense of mission was communic that, that you talked about was communicated in in such dreams and and even waking visions of the gods. Now, of course, a lot of the people might say, "Oh, well, those were just demons," but I don't think it's that simple, really. Uh, but in any case, um, I, I don't know. That just rings a bell with me. What you've said. Um, concerning the whole history of the human race. Uh, I agree with you. I mean, uh, if, if one knows and looks into things like the Oracle of Delphi, um, or looks into the way that these talents of seeing beyond the mundane um, were not just passed into Christianity, forced into Christianity, well, because, because the, uh, the people writing um, Christian law, uh, uh, let's see, how do I put this? Um, yeah, they transferred very consciously the, the pagan beliefs of the people over to the saints and Jesus. And so it wasn't uh, a person, let's say a shaman in the village, uh, that was dismissed per se, but they want, the Christian lawmakers wanted to incorporate them under their own beliefs and rules to keep the people happy because yeah, that's they, effectively true yeah you know they they it was um um political <laughs> you know yeah, they, they, some of it. yeah there, there was a, there was an element of that. i mean not to denigrate christianity i mean it's just no 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 no, no. I, what they would they would say they incorporated what they feel was was best in the pagan religions uh, and as you as you say to make people more comfortable uh, but I don't want to get too far off the track here. Uh, but but that's very true. However, another thing you mentioned, uh, shamans, and of course we have an interest in that. Uh, we always feel that religion as, as well, in the sense of our remote ancestors, was essentially a response to the paranormal, as was science. If there were no mysteries to explain, why would you have religion or science? 
And uh, I think that sort of the paranormal was the origin, certainly, of religion in the form of shamanism. And uh, when, by the time you got to the ancient world and the beginnings of modern religions, you had, a, a, as you say, the lawgivers and the people of the book who uh, kind of took it away from the shamans and, and the, the leaders became administrators of the dogma, so to speak, rather than experiencers of psychic power or what, what have you. Mm-hmm. And uh, uh, still exists the, the biblical stories of Moses and the burning bush. I mean, that's a connection between the paranormal and and the earth and mother earth sure. and and people uh, don't blink at that. Oh yeah, burning bush. And don't think about the fact that uh yes, that might have been communication from another world, a sign. Uh but it it doesn't mean that that person who sees or reads that will say, oh, that's possible for me. It was only possible for Moses. Uh, the word, yeah. The, yeah, the word prophet is, is bandied about, of course, but, they, but those prophets um, are listed in the laws as believers in one God. Yeah, well, well, I don't get this now, but that seems to have been the original human belief, and then polytheism came later. It's very odd to think of that, but anyway, we've talked about that before. I don't want to get too far off the track because we don't have time. But uh, there, there is a let's take this to a different level, uh, Mary Lynn. Is it possible? And I've thought a lot about this over the years, and uh, we got a couple minutes before the next uh, break. I but, know, I, I told you. Okay, I'll uh, keep. I'll keep an eye. Okay, thank you. Is it possible that the very act of psychic perception? can bring into reality what is being perceived. And I, what I'm talking about here is very often with paranormal investigators, and a lot of our background, as you know, is within, as in ghost research. And it's really nice to have a guest who's researched us as well as vice versa. <laughs> um, and, and, and I often wonder, you know, the rises or, fall, or the rising or falling in temperature, the, the readings on the few gadgets that we use, we don't really put a lot of stock in that, but could that be caused by the percipient? as a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy, as it were, by collapsing the wave function. Could, could, is it possible that uh, people who have a psychic perception actually bring it about in some way? Uh, yes. Uh, I would say, uh, uh, yes, I did. Okay, I can say for myself. And again, um, I don't, my, my point is never to tell someone uh, what to do or what they're going to see or how they're going to do it because it is so tailored to a person's life. But yes, I think it is possible um, to uh, that uh, the, the worlds can be combined. And I think fear, it would be a, a, a large issue in not allowing that to happen. Mm. Yeah, very true. What kind of message would you, as an experienced psychic and teacher, have for people who just experienced this terrible tragedy in Connecticut? Tough question, yeah, I know. Yeah, that is a tough question. You're welcome to call I, in tomorrow night because we're going to... Yeah, I think, I think uh, that it's... Uh, I've got to go from Buddhism. 
uh, because that's what I've studied the most, and, and that's what I move forward with so far. I may find something else. But uh, going with Buddhism, um, it's why. Um, why does this have to happen? And it, uh, the Buddhists say, and, and I concur, that it happens because the human level that, that we're on uh, is not enough um, at, to make determination, to make self-determination and perhaps go to um, a transcending of a sort. Um, Buddha said it is, there is suffering and death and worry and all of those things here on this plane. Uh, and it's not to deny them that's the answer. It's to accept that that's I, what I, happens. I apologize. To- I have to interrupt you. We have a break, but we'll continue uh, with our guest, M.L. Curry, a marvelous conversation we're having. It's Behind the Paranormal on CBS New Sky Radio. Stay with us. We'll be right back. Enlighten, empower, enrich. This is CBS Radio's The New Sky. New horizons, no boundaries.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. Believe. Welcome back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. We were speaking with Mary Lynn Curry about the horrific tragedy that took place in Connecticut and the psychic experiences that these people might be having. And we were going into uh, Buddhism. So, Marilyn, please take over. Uh, I'm sorry, me or or someone else? Take over. Uh, well, there isn't anybody else we can see, but no, we're, oh, we're, we're sort of okay. uh, talk about... Um, well, where you go? Just come back where you go. Oh, well, where, where yeah, I... Yeah, the Buddhist approach to the tragedy. Yeah, the Buddhist approach. And um, Buddha, as I said, uh, said that what we're seeing is a vision of a human on earth and the suffering, the tragedies that happen, the circumstances of the perpetrators, that there has to be an acceptance of it rather than saying, oh, I better learn something that gets me beyond feeling and hearing about these terrible things. It, it's, it happens. It's the nature of the mundane world. And certainly one has compassion, and that compassion itself makes you think about other people and how we are all a part of of other people, oh boy, that's the rub too. Uh, can someone accept that we're all uh, shards of one large mirror? Can we ex- can we accept that we're not just ego? Uh, and I think the acceptance of the tragedies and the pain in life is what brings enlightenment. Uh, I think if, you know, it, it's going to happen, is all I'm saying. Well, I hope so. I mean, in multiverse thinking, as we call it, th- this unity is, is the most important thing of all. And individualism, in its worst sense, brings death. It, it, it separates everything, it destroys everything, and it brings death. And here's a perfect example of that. But um, anyway, Ben has a, has a question that's going to take us to another level. Ah, yet more levels, layers upon layers upon layers. So there are many stories of people in times of uh, great distress, as you know from experience, or great grief, uh, who suddenly have psychic experiences. Uh, Is, uh, um, how to put this, Uh, what is it that stimulates this kind of psychic power or experience? I think it's the loss of power. Um, you one feels that the ground is taken away and the mind is shocked and therefore more open because your chatter agenda is interfered with. And uh, so the depth of that makes things pretty groundless. Uh, uh, and in, in terms of... Uh, of, of the grief I suffered, uh, I, it's a matter of death, that is, the death of, of my dearly beloved husband, 
who was psychic, by the way, um, it was, everything was taken away. And I don't think it's just scientific shock. Uh, you know, we, I thought that we would live together forever. <laughs> and all of a sudden, he's gone. And um, I can only use the word that it becomes groundless. And I think at that point, one gives up in a way and looks for and is more susceptible to other answers. Uh, and in my case, I saw visions. I began to see visions. Um, he, he came to me and I pursued his opinion from wherever he was uh, in a way that said, show me. And he did. <laughs> well, yeah, I think it's just the carpet pulled out from under you. I think that's, that's the feeling. Right. All right, so we run into many people who have psychic experiences but are afraid of them or don't know what to do mm -hmm. with them. So what's your advice mm -hmm. for them? Do whatever you can to seek like-minded people so that you're not talking to people who don't understand. Uh, I, that's my, my, my best suggestion is uh, if you reach out to someone and they don't give you ideas to make you feel better, then pick someone else uh, um, because, again, I go back to we are all one. And unless there is some sort of resonation with a person you're talking to uh, who also can see that and who is a listener, by the way, not, not a, not a um, uh, rebuttalist, uh, that's my best suggestion. And also to, to look for those things that are out of the corner of your eye. I mean, I remember in my deepest grief, and this is in the book, walking upstairs one night when I, after I'd been literally taken to my knees, to my knees, felt my knees, walked up the steps, and there was thrown on the wall in light my husband's, my husband flying with me in his arms. Now, <laughs> what do I do with that? I say, I mean, that had never been there before. So you have a choice. You say, oh, it's just a lance, it's a mistake. Or you say, what am I trying to be told? What is he telling me or what is um, the divine telling me? And just... Fear, take the fear away, take the doubt away, I would say. Yeah, perhaps just to show you that there are worlds where you're still together, and that, that's how we approach it. Uh, but in any case, uh, this is about the time when we we realize we're burning up time, and we want to give you a chance to talk about your book and your website. So mm. go right ahead. Oh, thank you very much. That's very kind of you. My book, um, I wrote the book, the first half of the book, um, to access um, my own uh, remembrances of how long has this been happening to me. And I got to childhood. It's been happening to me since childhood. 
but I, I didn't know what to do with it except to look into it intellectually and go to shamans and go to psychics. Uh, here again, someone who is of like mind. And believe. Uh, have them help me believe. And these things, if you accept them, grow. They come out of the corner of your eye, and they and you stare at them right in front of your face. And the the, the climax of my book, which I'm not sure people are ready for, is that my husband actually appeared to me, um, and in another body form, but he appeared to me in a church in France because I was hounding him about show me, show me. So it, they grow. Uh, out of the corner of your eye at first, you accept it and meditate. I think meditation is important, but I'm not a big believer in, like, sit down cross-legged four hours a day. I think that meditation is a beginning. And, um, and you incorporate the feeling of meditation into your entire life. In other words, you're meditating every second. Absolutely. And that's... And, and that's when it really happens. You know, your, your comment on the church uh, just puts me in mind of, of something that happened to me that, that I really didn't understand. It was 1976. Uh, and I, um, well, uh, people who listen to the show regularly have heard this case before. But essentially, I, I, was, I find that when I'm uh, inadvertently communicating with people during cases, by people, I mean the so-called ghosts, um, they often will be afraid of me because they see me as a ghost from where they are. <laughs> that's and was great. One in this church in Virginia, and that's just, and he was afraid of me because he saw me as, as like this mist by a pillar in this <gasps> church. And mm -hmm. uh, this has happened again and again, not tremendous amounts of times, but enough to show me that, you know, this our old beliefs just don't, aren't good enough. But but that just really really made me um, made me think when you said that uh, we are coming up on another break. But uh, I just wanted to comment and uh, get your comment on something here too. Uh, one serious issue we have with psychic ability or mediumistic ability, particularly, is that uh, even a lot of people who are supposed to be experts tend to take what they perceive at face value. Uh, I think that can be unwise or even dangerous if the person is misinterpreting the information or if it's coming from a false source, like a parasite, and you know what that is if you researched us. Uh, try to push buttons. Uh, because they can move between worlds, uh, they appear to be able to manipulate space and time and do all this stuff. Uh, there's also the issue of picking up something from a parallel reality, and that's where it stays. It never happens or happened here. Uh, so people might get confused about the experience. Do you remember uh, people who are of uh, my vintage remember Gene Dixon? And very often oh, they, I certainly do. Oh, yeah. And sometimes she'd get it wrong. And, uh, you know, I think it's because she, she picked it up, but it didn't happen in this world. I don't know. But in any case, we can get into that when we get back because we are coming up on another break. Uh, we're talking to M.L. Curry, author of Affair with the Divine, and you're listening to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno on CBS New Sky Radio on NewSkyRadio.com. Stay with us. We'll be right back after the break. Mondays are motivational. It all begins with you. 
And that's where the Movement Within featuring life coach April Claxton comes in. Join April and her uplifting guests Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time. Featured on Animal Planet, Court TV, Unsolved Mysteries, and The Hauntings, Psychic Barbara Mackey. Barbara is a sixth-generation psychic medium, animal psychic, and spirit communicator. Tune into Visions with Barbara Mackey at 7 p.m. Eastern Time. There are four corners, and Will and Nancy will take you there at 8 p.m. Eastern Time. Existence is what we live for. Adventure is our journey. Metaphysical topics, inspiring and educational guest speakers, psychic readings, and more. Artie's the Party with Angels and Answers, Mondays at 9 p.m. Eastern Time. Psychic readings and more. Join the fun. What goes bump in the night? Heidi knows. At 11 p.m. Eastern Time, Heidi Hollis's The Outlander will lunge into topics on all things outlandish and more. Call in or write Heidi to vent or get advice about your paranormally inspired curiosities or challenges. Call in early. The lines are hot. 248-545-7685. Instant feedback at NewSkyRadio.com. NewSkyRadio. NewSkyRadio.com. New horizons, no boundaries. Powered by CBS, Yahoo, and Radio.com.
Psychic Radio is now CBS Radio's The Sky. Back to Behind the Paranormal with Paul and Ben Eno. Call now. 248-545-SOUL. New SkyRadio.com. And welcome back. And we're down to the last few minutes of a marvelous conversation here. So I think we're going to kind of just jump to our next question. All right, so how can you tell the difference between psychic information and just plain mental chatter? Or is there a difference? Uh, in the book, I say that um, it to pursue it, to believe in it, uh, uh, and pursue it, I think it needs to be aligned with your conscience. I think you, one should not pursue something that uh, it goes against... Uh, what you know to be good and kind, but if it if it does come up with that, and you and you say, hey, this this is no harm, this is no worries, this is good. Uh, I you know I say choose to go with it. Well, in a way, that resonates with something that in our experience too is people always ask, how do you tell if you're going to use a psychic? How do you tell? Who's a good one? Mm-hmm. And uh, I always say, well, you know, you can you can kind of kind of tell what the agenda may be if if there's love there, and that seems to be the bottom line. Then, mm-hmm. then th- that's the first clue, Sherlock. You know that kind of thing. Um, <laughs> and uh, we were talking, of course, uh, before the break too about false information. Uh, and the reason that's such a concern to us is because we uh, we have run into, and particularly my me and my decades of doing this entities who will claim to be a loved one or a relative and it has not been the case it's been, they've been parasites looking you know for a meal and mm-hmm. using that as a button to push so uh, we're mm-hmm. just very uh, I'm not going to say jaded but very very careful I would say very cautious about these things yes well so am I uh, because I am in charge of of uh, speaking with uh, getting a questionnaire, getting three readings from someone before I will try to put them uh, on the website for readings. And I think through the years, uh, I know uh, what I'm, where they're coming from. By the big question that I ask them again on the questionnaire, uh, why do you do this work? And that, that really tells a lot. Uh, it is the compassion, and it is the non-judgmental uh, state of mind. Uh, you know, do it my way. Uh, and they, uh, if they're false, you know it, I think, because of how you feel afterward. I mean, I remember the first great psychic reading I had was in New York City, and I vaulted over two turnstiles <laughs> because I was lighter than, than uh, gravity. So I think you have to you have to feel better afterwards and feel more clarity. That's and great. you know. Mm-hmm. And one of the problems we find with meditation, uh, and one of the first some of the first advice that we give for it is to you have to you have to get rid of the mental chatter. You know, all of us have this mm-hmm. chatter mm-hmm. going on in our brains, you know, all day long. Most of us, and uh, to overcome that is step number mm-hmm. one, in our opinion. Mm. Yeah. You are so right. Yeah, the uh, um, the newsreels. You know, <laughs> I call yeah. them the newsreels, the chatter, uh, and that's um, uh, that's the chatter 
uh, that just comes from the experiences that uh, that have come in your life, because after all, we only learn by experiences. Uh, but you have to go beyond that. Uh, and yes, meditation is great. I think that um, you one finds the breathing and where it gets you uh, and moving the word thinking out of your mind when you start to think, uh, you find that you're in the center of your universe. Uh, the breathing becomes the center of your universe. Mm-hmm. And I can now close my eyes and get there. Yes, excellent. Oh, makes sense. So you've already <laughs> sort of uh, touched upon this, but are psychic experiences unique to each person? Yes. I truly believe that. Uh, I, I have read so many quote-unquote New Age books that describe how you should do it. So my intention with Affair with the Divine was to say no. Uh, do, you have to, it has to be a part of the events in your life. And it will, uh, again, often be uh, sad events or something that really throws you for a loop. And so it, yes, definitely individual to every person. And all of those books I read, you know, I said, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, great. All right, all right. And then like Chinese food, <laughs> I was hungry an hour later. Huh. That's very, very good. Very interesting. Uh, you know, we didn't know what to expect tonight, but I kind of, I kind of like this approach here. Indeed. They're very, <laughs> very sensible, very feet on the ground. We like that. Um, yeah, well, of- that has to, you know, sensible has to be integrated because we are here. The divine is experiencing evolution through us and planning for what's next and vice versa. Uh, we have the benefit of other worlds' uh, um, visions, too. So it's mutual. It's both. Very good. Well, we're just about out of time, Mary Lynn, at ML Curry. The book is Fair with the Divine, and it's affairwiththedivine.com. Thank you for a very interesting conversation. Let's stay in touch. Hey, uh, if you're impressed, I'm happy. Well, <laughs> Thank very you good. Very... Yes, we, we never know what to expect from guests, and when, when we, <laughs> uh, I, we sort of take Ben's Franklin and Ben Franklin's Ben's advice. Franklin. Ben's Franklin. My Franklin. Yes, uh, who said, uh, expect the worst, and you'll be pleasantly surprised if it doesn't happen. So uh, we got the best. Well, I'm, I, I'm, I'm very flattered, and I'm, I'm also very appreciative that I can say the name of the book several times here. Oh, very good. I know as an author, I, uh, I appreciate the same thing. Well, very good. Thank you very much, Mary Lynn. We'll be in touch. Oh, I hope so. Thanks, Paul. Very good. Okay, folks, uh, we point out BehindTheParanormal.com. That's our show website where there's all sorts of information about guests, past, present, and future. And uh, take it away, Ben. All right, so many thanks to your producer, Brandon Jackson, and we will see you live next week. We won't see you live. We won't. Sorry, I thought that said we will. I'm, I'm putting in words where they shouldn't be. So December 23rd, we will not be here, so there is no live broadcast on this part of the network for the next two weeks. So we will be doing rebroadcasts. So this will be on... Oh, wait, I just took your line. <laughs> Sorry well, I'm used to doing that to you, so yeah, I know. Right, fair enough. Anyway, this will be our only on-air chance to wish everyone a happy Hanukkah, which is a little late and ended today. Uh, happy Solstice, a Merry Christmas, and a Happy Civil New Year. We will see you again uh, live on January 6th. All right, in the meantime, tune into our Boston-slash-Providence Drive Time show on WOON. 1240 AM and 01worldwide.com at 6 p.m. Eastern Time every Monday, except for the next two weeks because we will be doing reruns too. And don't forget all of our free podcasts at www.behindtheparanormal.com. 
And we leave you this evening with a thought from American author F. Scott Fitzgerald. Quote, if you spend your life sparing people's feelings and feeding their vanity, you get so you can't distinguish what should be respected in them. Unquote. So thanks for joining us on our great cosmic journey, and we shall see you next time.